0: This is All in the Radio. In the program spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on surging global oil prices. The participants are Richa Mishra, energy expert, and Arjun J. Chaudhary, journalist. Richa Ji, what are the reasons behind the sudden rise in oil prices? Currently it's quoting at 69 US dollars per barrel, the Brent crude grade. Then you also have for the WTI, which is just about $60 barrel. What has led to this rise in prices, especially with experts earlier citing that low demand will translate into low prices. But the reverse has happened.
1: It's a very interesting situation we are in right now. Just let me take back a few, not a few, but almost two decades back. Such kind of volatility in the pricing was seen then when the Kuwait thing happened. The prices suddenly spurred up. And today, as we sit and talk, it's all more than 10% that the hike we see in Brent as well as in WTI is also moving up. Now, the reason is, of course, the drone attacks which happened on Saturday at the facility of Saudi Aramco and the reason which led to Aramco shutting down its production and the processing plants it was half of, almost half of oil was out. Now, there are two things to see. One, we should be worried what is happening because it not only impacts India, but it impacts the entire geopolitics. Second, now we should be prepared that kind of uh, darkness is looming up there in the sky and all of us, the big consumers have to worry about because most of our uh, countries like India are big time import dependent and they are our key suppliers so it's not only about oil being available there are other issues also involved the shipment how will you get your oil even if the oil is available and India specific I would like to tell you is we, we should be more worried because our economy itself is going through its own situation right now the question which even the finance minister would be wondering right as we talk.
0: So there were terror attacks on shipping lines uh, that were transporting crude from one point to another. Now you have terror attacks on the oil field itself, the plant which extracts the oil and uh, to some extent processes it before it's sent to a refinery. When you said uh, half of it was out, does it mean that it has been burnt out, it has been spilled? Can it be recovered? And what is the time frame within which uh, normalcy will return? At
1: this point, even we all are in a wait on what situation because as we talk, there's no official statement out by Saudi Aramco itself. And we were getting different times, different date lines. Some said 48 hours, some said at least two weeks, some said even longer. But the latest what I heard was that Aramco hasn't formally told uh, its uh, buyers that there will be delay in even October supplies. So we are not looking at anything less than three to four weeks before some kind of normalcy returns. But the fear factor is something very different. How will Saudi, Arab Korea, uh, Saudi Arabia react to the situation? We also have
0: supplies from competing... Oil-producing nations like the United States, which is now selling shale oil at competitive prices. You have Russia. Then you have the other OPEC nations on the other alternatives, which can offset these supplies by Saudi Arabia, even though it is a major supply in terms of millions of barrels per day.
1: Supplies are never an issue right now because the market is having oil. The issue is price. The issue is how easily it is available to us. One of our key suppliers, Iran, is out of radar right now because of sanctions and other reasons. Saudi Arabia supplies us. Yes, we have a contract, but we have our own contest with it on Asian premium because we give a premium on the oil which we buy from Saudi Arabia. U.S. oil is also there, yes, but it is expensive. U.S. oil is not cheap. The transportation cost itself is which needs to be factored in. And the U.S. has very clearly told us time and again that uh, the government does not intervene in commercial deals. So having said that, Indian consumer is very price sensitive and Indian economy is also very price sensitive. So it all depends on, you know, how we negotiate. Now, since we're talking about oil, I must tell you this, that oil is just not about buying and selling, but oil also is on our external affair, external relations, what kind of relationship which we are having with X, Y, or Z country. So in days to come, we should see a very interesting play out happening.
0: So the time frame is very important. Whenever oil is purchased, it's done on a spot rate or the forward rate. How do you see the forward market reacting to what's happening now in the Gulf in terms of terror attacks?
1: I can say is for the next few days, it will be wait and watch. And everyone actually is waiting for how Saudi Arabia is going to respond officially. And then the markets, but the reactions which we have already seen in the pricing and the way the market has reacted clearly shows. And these people who are reacting right now are trading are actually people who are seasoned and are into the sector. So obviously there's more to it than it meets the eye right now and we just have to wait and watch.
0: Well, the impact is also going to be on the refineries uh, which depend upon these uh, crude supplies. They refine it into other products through fractional distillation. That's the process by which uh, crude is broken up into petrol, diesel, kerosene, aviation, turbine, fuel and other distillates as well. How do you see them being impacted because of what's happening in Saudi Arabia?
1: If we're just talking India specific then uh, one of the biggest private refiners reliance reliance does much of its procurement through spot so spot is anyway that day's price and they are getting it interestingly reliance has just also entered a tie up with aramco and that also talks about assured supplies but advantage with reliance is that their refinery can process any kind of crude They're not, you know, just like a certain kind of crude. And the other extreme is national oil companies. You have Indian oil, you have BPCL, you have HPCL and the rest. Now, although they have been allowed to procure from spot but their maximum purchase is still on long-term contracts. Now that's where the tricky situation is because assurances are there. They have to lift if delays happen. Although the contracts are so worded that they have certain kind of protection, but immediate replacements, where it will come from, how it will come from, all that, I am sure they are sitting and working it out.
0: At the same time, there's also a buffer and inventory which is maintained by the government of India and by private refineries as well, just to hedge their position against this type of disruption. When you say that it can be three to six weeks, which is quite a long period in the oil market, do we have the inventories to sustain this circumstance?
1: Mostly they keep, you know, for a month or two months kind of thing. The play backups are always there. Then there are contracts which would have already been taken, which would be floating or in the shipment. Then there would be a certain amount which would be in the pipelines, in the networks. We sort of are taken care of as far as that is concerned. And as as we both just said, that replacements are available. You have Russia, you have other places where oil is there. A very critical point will be at what cost. Because everyone will take full advantage of the situation. The producers will take advantage of it. So, for example, our ONGC is at an advantageous position vis-a-vis our IOC, which is a refiner. The crux is the price. We had a nice run with the prices till recently. Now, how long it will last?
0: So, clearly, consumers have some thinking to do as well. They may be impacted by a higher retail price for fuel, petrol and uh, diesel. Do you see this price administered mechanism also having a buffer or do you see the prices actually going up and the cost being transferred to the consumer?
1: So we don't have an administered price regime anymore. The government moved to the market-related pricing. The interesting point is there is always an artificial control. On paper, it is market, but we all know. And there's no return, but it is controlled. What we need to watch for us is we are going to have some state elections around the corner. So how far the government will be willing to let the prices be spiked? We have seen in the past, like when Karnataka elections were happening, the prices were artificially controlled. Another interesting aspect beyond petrol and diesel is you have your Ujjwala scheme happening, LPG subsidies you are giving. So there also the prices will go up, your subsidy outgo will. go up. So how will you manage it?
0: So there's a subsidy burden and then there's a fiscal deficit also because prices once they tend to go up, they tend to also stay up. What's the oil bill likely to be for government of India?
1: See, right now, it is very difficult for us to tell the numbers as to how far and how long, because as I said, the situation is very dynamic right now. So if something happens and Aramco is able to control, because we here we're talking about the biggest player in the market, which has been hit. Now, the biggest player in the market is able to get back. And then this, we come back to the 50s when we are still, you know, comfortable. And we were in a very comfortable zone because uh, it was this soft oil prices only, which was helping the finance minister to work out so many, you know, spends, which we were doing. So we'll have to wait for a quarter at least and see how the next quarter will be and then react to those numbers.
0: So now we have discussed about market forces and how production facilities are affected, the shipping lines, moving oil from one point to another, refineries, being impacted also their margins in terms of what they make on each barrel of oil that they refine. How is the government uh, going to react to this, specifically the petroleum ministry? What is going to be their policy in the short term with what's happening uh, globally?
1: Our minister did react, Mr. Dharmin Pradhan, in the morning. He was guarded. He was concerned. He did say that the price is an issue, but he's also constrained because we are the consumer. Our demand is really growing. Nowhere the demand is coming down. Yes, the government has been working on alternatives also so that we can replace or bring down our import thing, but those plans also will come into being almost a decade later. It is not happening immediately. So immediately we are staring at a you know, crisis situation. Now, Mr. Pradhan, as much as he would like to, is not in a happy situation. I don't think anyone would like to be in a situation he is in right now because except, uh, you know, waiting and watching, even he can't do anything. And any further strategy or planning of his would only mean suppressing the price artificially so that the common man on the road is not affected. Already the retail prices are going up and expectations are if the situation remains like this, we would be, you know, shelling out almost 5 rupees more as the days go by. So he will need to do some thinking, but not immediately, maybe 48 hours down the line.
0: If you look at the pricing structure of the retail price of fuel, there is a substantial component that goes towards the consumption taxes. And with GST reform, we haven't seen that being transmitted to the sale of fuel. Do you see maybe the government adjusting the market prices of petroleum by reducing the tax component on fuel itself so that the consumer ultimately is saved from paying high prices?
1: You know, this is a never ending story and I must tell you it's going to come back again. There are two aspects to it. Centre may reduce its excise duty, whether states will do or not, it's a million dollar question. There's also percent.
0: customs duty when you
1: import Yeah, so whether the states will do it or not is a million dollar question. Centre needs money to compensate the states for the GST. Centre needs money to take forward various schemes which is happening. And the biggest contributor is oil. And there are some states, their entire fiscal math is based on oil money, which they make. And there are certain states which have duty structure, like three different duty structures in one particular state only. So It is not at all easy and I don't foresee it becoming part of GST immediately because states would not like to let go the money. No one likes easy, let go easy money. And this is a money which you're not doing anything. It is just coming to you. I'm not too sure. So we as a consumer get ready to pay more.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on surging global oil prices. The participants were Richa Mishra, energy expert, and Arjun J. Chaudhary, journalist. This program is produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on the website newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.